Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. I feel like YouTube will probably be the, the easiest entry point for people. And I mean, people watch crap YouTube all the time. Not that that's, it sounds that's, bad. What that's I, great. What I mean, that's what really I mean, <laughs> what I mean, that was really bad. I'm sorry, I didn't mean that as an insult. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Another episode of the Bros and Brews podcast. We're here today on February uh, the 18th, which is a Friday, which is a little little different to when we record, but look, we're, we're being loosey-goosey with it. So we're here on a Friday, we're recording and bringing you Weekly Brew 28. And as you may have noticed, it has been another fortnight since our last episode. Look, as we say every time this happens life happens we have things going on and we've just got stuff just 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 stuff happening and and things getting in the way and it's just you know it's just it's just what 2022 is has ended up being and 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 that's okay and that is okay but we are here to chat and talk and catch up all over a beer and that brings us straight into brulette brulette 35 where we start the episode off with trying to purchase the same beverage from a supermarket and it hasn't happened yet it's been it's been it's been it's been 34 weeks up here to 35 and it still hasn't happened uh it's a long feat man we've gone through uh we've gone through a lot of alcoholic beverages craft beverages to be to be exact and in cans uh so i mean it does limit our options but it's still very hard to do um, so we are here, Brulette 35. Uh, what we'll do is we'll say on the count of three, uh, what type of beverage it is. If that's correct, we'll move on to the brewery. And then after that, the name of the beer. Is that right? Is that how we usually do it? That's the we one. Haven't really, we haven't gotten past the second round, so no. we don't really know. <laughs> um, so on the count of three, without further ado, we will name the type of beer that we are drinking today. One, two. Three. Strong, Extra strong pale ale. Oh. oh, both strong. Both strongs. Extra strong and a strong. Hey, different, let's, let's, but still. Let's oh. just play the game and let's, on the count of three, both say what the brewery is. Okay. Three, two, one. Garage Mower Brewing. Damn. Ah, okay. Damn, because I had to really search to find the classification of my beer, and I thought there was a ch- you know there was a chance mm, that mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. might have been saying the same thing. Yeah, I get you. Oh, both so strong. There's Extra strength strongs. in the air. Oh. <laughs> so you're drinking drinking more. Tell us about the strength you're bringing with you to the show today. <laughs> um, yeah. So I have um, Moa Brewing Company. It's called Wildcat, and it's a strong pale ale. 
Uh, on the front, uh, a strong pale ale featuring a blend of NZ and USA hops with a tropical and stone fruit notes. Um, so yeah, the kind of the stone fruit notes and things like that kind of caught my attention. It's a very, it's a bright yellowy orange um, 440 can with a pan, is it panther? Uh, well, wildcat uh, presumably. Oh yeah, true. It's a wildcat. <laughs> <laughs> can you tell it's a Friday record? Oh my goodness. Yes, a wildcat. Uh, and yeah, it, it, it caught my attention. Honestly, I was picking this for last week and we didn't record um i was in the supermarket for 10 15 minutes and i'm pretty sure the security guard walked past me like five times as i was just trying to figure out what one i was going to choose um and that's what i ended up with wildcat moa brewing company a strong pale ale well there's some definite overlap between what we've reached for even though i only bought mine today and you bought yours last week mine is also a 440 mil it is also a yellow featured can Ah, and i think it also has american influences it's called trip hop by garage project on the can it doesn't say at all what its classification is hence why i had to go sort of looking and what i sort of found online was that it's an esb extra strong but called trip hop because it's triple hopped so it has pacifica mochueka and riwaka hops the interesting thing about this beer that i didn't know until I bought it and the guy at the Moore Wilson's Moore Wilson's a supermarket by the way just playing within the rules um, the guy was telling me about it and he said and this I felt like I validated the per- the purchase that Trip Hop was the second beer that Garage Project ever produced oh wow do you know what the first beer that Garage Project ever produced was was it just beer no Pernicious oh. Wheat your favourite <gasps> It is my favorite. the first beer they ever made. And this one, Trip Hop, was the, the second, um, which again, I you know, I didn't, couldn't even tell you when Garage Project started, but I was like, oh, well, that's pretty cool. And he was saying that they, wherever they used to brew it and they would like take it down to Hashigozake, which is a, a bar on Taranaki Street. And anyway, but yeah, so today is, is we've had Pinish Sweet on the show. This is the mm. second beer that Garage Project ever made. And I, I don't know, I think he was saying they'd, They've only recently put it in 440 mil. Like, you used to have to be able to put it in, like, those 600 mil bottles. Anyway, it is also strong. Your beer is strong. We've talked enough. Let's crack them open and see if they do live up to the strength on the can. Oh, that's a lot of fizz. Gosh. Well, my first sip is going to be foamy. So I got a whiff straight away before I've even sipped it. Mm. Uh, cheers. cheers. <laughs> oh, oi. I also kind of knew that this would be slightly different, which maybe wasn't super wise in a 440 mil, but here we are. It is a Friday. Um, I will also say, before I forget, I can bank it. I'm pretty sure you said we're recording in February. It is March. It is the 18th of March, not oh, February. Yeah. Uh, it is a cake. Friday record, normally yeah. Thursday. You're so I right. I can't say whether Matt's already had any beers, so I'm not sure. Um, but back to oh, back to the beers. What are your first impressions? Gosh, this is like... I know it's a, like... When I think of pale ale, obviously, you don't think of a, like too much happening, right? Mm. It is a strong pale ale. But like this is almost venturing towards like a 
like a like a red ale or a like a not a stout but like it's very it's got a lot going on to it like it's like it feels like it's got quite a lot of viscosity to it um yeah it, it's uh, i mean look it's got nz us hops it's got um azica nelson savin uh rewaka and zeus along with the recently named uh new nz variety nectaron Mm. which I've had the Castle's Nectar on before. Um, and that those notes of like, I guess, Nectar on, Nectar, like honey, it, like mm. it's, it's, it's very, it's got a very much a honey note to it. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's strong. It is in the name. Um, it's, it's, I could smell it as soon as I opened the can. Um, it's not terrible, but it's very much, it's not what I expected going mm. into a strong pale ale i honestly think that if you were to if you were to redo every brulette we've done and just t- taste the two beers and line them up based on how similar they are to each other i think these would be in the top five without obviously having tried your mm. beer because mm. everything you've described i think applies to this i think that that what they describe as being strong really pushes it in that sort of malt direction. What you said mm. about red ale, very much, very much what I'm getting from this. It feels like an ale. There's basically no sweetness. Yeah. Um, I guess it's probably similar to like a Victoria bitter, like VBs, but just with more strength. Cause you know, those mass produced beers are always more sort of in the direction of like a lager light drinking what's interesting is that part of why i bought this is it says easy drinking multiple times and i wouldn't describe this as easy drinking (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) but obviously when they first made this which i think was 2011 like the whole concept of hazies didn't exist i don't think ipas were as developed so you know this is a beer from a different time um I'm going to struggle to get through 440 of this, but I will do my best. <laughs> I'll soldier on. Yeah. Uh, it is 5.6%. I was always going to get a 440 mil can today. And it's a sort of a celebration and I'll, I'll launch into the old how I is. Um, obviously it's been a couple of weeks since we've recorded. Um, lots been going on that we'll catch up on, but I'm excited today because today is the first day of one of my favorite um, sort of times of the year, sporting events of the year. And today is the first day of March Madness, which is the college basketball knockout tournament in America. Uh, sort of so-called March Madness because 64 teams make the field. Some of them sort of the... Um, uh, I mean, they have all sorts of ranking systems throughout the year, like mm. they say is the best in the country and the top 10 of the country so some of the teams that make march march madness are quote unquote the best teams in, in america and some of them are not they are teams that sort of win knockout tournaments to qualify teams from what they call mid-majors so sort of smaller parts of the country so march madness is not just the best teams it's kind of like i don't know if you did the rugby world cup and you said 10 places are guaranteed to rugby teams national rugby teams with you know ratings below 30 so there's always some quote-unquote you know lesser talented teams and they get seeded one through 16 and four different pools and it's a it's a single game knockout so one plays 16 and the team that wins advances eight plays nine for you know winning team advances so you know every year 
Um, there's there's always a few teams that aren't considered to be that good that cause massive upsets and you know people get invested in these random tiny American colleges which sort of have no right competing with the big dogs that have like millions of dollars worth of uh, funding pumped into them every year so there's the excitement from the the sports perspective you know someone mm-hmm. that loves loves basketball I guess it's kind of like um, the masters in golf or the 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 majors in tennis where you sort of you get invested in teams and people that you might not follow for the the rest of the year yeah but the classic thing behind march madness is filling out a march madness bracket oh, you've is, done a bracket i've done a bracket yo <laughs> it busted after two games oh. um again to explain to people who have no idea of what i'm talking about there are lots of online competitions where you can sort of pick who you think will win all the games so 64 teams first round there's 32 games 32 teams go through then 16 games so i think altogether it's 15 i think it's 59 games total and statistically it's as close to impossible i think as anything that we know to be possible like (laughs) you could do it it will happen one year it will happen but it's just so unlikely for you to pick 59 it's the equivalent of uh tossing a coin and calling heads or tails right 59 times in a row. It's like yeah, 1 in totally. 10 trillion or something impossible. Every year, different uh, organizations and people run like million-dollar competitions. I think Warren Buffett, the American businessman, once said he'd give a billion dollars to anyone that successfully completed in. What the heck? I think the closest anyone has got is 49 games, which was like incredible. Um, I think they've played maybe seven or eight games today. I mean, uh, 32 games in the first round. And after seven or eight games, there were only 1% of brackets left. And like 10 million get filled out or something. So the fun of that, the kind of build up to the competition where everyone's online trying to figure out who the upset teams will be. I've got to say, I've spent hours in the last four or five days trying to figure out like my (laughs) process. I woke up at 6.30 this morning, saw that the the first game, the team that I picked went through and then the second game didn't. So... It's all good fun. Um, I'm wearing my, not that anyone else except Matt can see, yeah, my, uh, yeah, yeah. UCLA basketball jersey. I think I was going to ask, round how game did is, they go? Well, their first round game has just, just kicked off. And no, I um, don't have a stream open, but I will consider sure. it later on. Yeah. If, 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 you know, if, if this episode <laughs> tumbles and dives. Um, but yes, so today I, I'm excited. I love March Madness. I thought, you know, it's a Friday. We'll get a 440. You've got a Wildcat uh, can, which is, I think there are multiple teams in the tournament called Wildcats. So it's all very appropriate. Um, and that has kind of been the energy and the main buzz for me over the last few weeks. Uh, and the other... Wait, main- so, so High School Musical is real? It is real. Yes, very much so. Oh my gosh. Yep, incredibly real. And you know what's <laughs> funny about that is I got Fran to fill out a bracket. Now, Fran does not care about sports generally. She definitely doesn't care about American college basketball. <laughs> and we filled out a bracket from her where she picked the teams based on the more interesting team names. <laughs> nice. So like some of the more interesting team names are the Friars, the Jackrabbits. Actually, it was the Jackrabbits that broke my bracket today. So uh. dead to me Jackrabbits. Um, I think the winning team in her bracket was the Illinois Fighting Illini. Like Illini is the collective noun for Illinois. Um, and she specifically didn't, put any big cats through because there are so many tigers there are at yeah. least a couple yeah. wild cats 
beers also put into that equation. No lions, though. I don't think... It, maybe it's because America doesn't have lions? I don't know. Don't, no, don't they have mountain lions? Yeah, I guess they do have mountain lions. So many tigers. But yeah, yeah it's interesting that the teams, the more traditionally talented and well-known teams have uh, like more traditional mascot names, like the tigers of this world. Um, and Are there the, any frogs? No... There's, oh. there, there were not frogs. I think there was a horned toads or something. Toad. <laughs> yeah. There were a couple of bulldogs, um, the peacocks, the spiders. Like All the smaller schools always have weirder names. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. you can imagine that Franz Bracket was highly unlikely. Um, <laughs> but in the end, they all bust anyway. Uh, so that is my March Madness uh, rant. I will deep nice. into college basketball the next few weeks. It's kind of also a segue into... You know, I could have just put this in what are you watching later on, but I'm filled with basketball hype. I might be devastated in 90 minutes if UCLA gets upset in the first round. Um, but that is the reason for the uh, the 440 mil Friday yep. celebration from my yep. end of things. Nice. Um, and the other main news that's going on in, in my life is not really necessarily my life per se, but our close neighbours, uh, the ones that we share the veggie patch with, they uh, now have a small, tiny baby. Uh, she was born <gasps> oh over the goodness. weekend. We knew that they were going uh, to the hospital. Um, a bit strange because we didn't know. You know, we're not close enough to... You know, it's not like we're family. We didn't get yeah, notified yeah, yeah. when the baby was born. But we knew they were going and we sort of knew that they hadn't come back. And we weren't necessarily worried. Like, I don't know how long you traditionally spend in a hospital with a baby before you get released. But uh, we first we first caught up with them. I think yesterday or the day before and then today just before I was about to come over uh to record um I saw saw the uh the father walk past our windows carrying this baby and I was (laughs) like (sighs) so that was another reason which I haven't told Matt until now why we were delayed because we were meeting the small tiny child and and it's weird because I don't have really any history with babies like i don't have mm, family members mm. that have had kids i didn't grow up in an age group where like people that i knew or family members had kids when i was old enough to like understand that you know i, I didn't have any nephews born when i was seven or cousins born when mm-hmm. i was nine i think mm-hmm. i've only ever held one baby uh who is my second cousin i think one of my cousins children who I must have held in like the first year of her being alive but yeah I have no I just no history with babies so to me the whole thing is fascinating like just seeing the small child sort of in our kitchen was just so interesting and that's why I was <laughs> part of the equation of why I was late to record today but yeah that's the other kind of exciting thing going on which is the, the miracle of of life and, and child is just I don't know just weird it's just weird it it is weird. I mean, life life in itself and creation is is a strange thing. I mean, what do we what do we do with a you know a newfound little little being that doesn't really have a full like, what, consciousness? I mean, it does, but it doesn't. It's just, it's strange. But I'm the same as you in the sense of I was the oldest cousin, so I and I'm the only child, so I really haven't had any babies. You know, closest to me i guess it was my like my youngest cousins now 
Um, but I didn't really spend much time around them as, as like children or as babies, sorry. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've definitely held a baby, but I can't for the life of me tell you whose baby, what baby that was. Yeah, exactly. Uh, very, it is a very strange feeling. It is very strange, but life, isn't it sweet? Yeah. It's just funny because we obviously, we got Amber like 10 weeks ago and we've had this kind of like our new child, like Mm, new mm, thing. mm. We look after her. She's obviously like sentient. She understands. She has emotions. We have repartee, but then you introduce (laughs) like a baby, which is human. So more like us. And yet at this stage of the baby's life, there's less give and take than there is with something like a cat or a dog, totally. which just seems weird. Eventually, you know, babies get older, but it's just funny to be like, oh, yes, well, after 10 weeks, Amber, and we've got a good relationship, like, wait until your 10 weeks with your human child. Human child. I feel, I feel slightly weird talking about it as well, like, not our child. and Not your kid. And obviously, yeah. we're not family, but, you know, we already have some kind of relationship with this thing. Anyway, college basketball and babies. That has been how I am. <laughs> What do you have to bring to the table? <laughs> nice. Uh, not the context of babies uh, that, you know, we'll probably be talking about in the future for ourselves. Mm. Uh, but anyway, um, I digress. I'm good. I'm good. I, yeah, the past few weeks for me have been very interesting. Um, as I mentioned in the last weekly brew, and last time we talked uh, I was starting or going to start uh, streaming mm-hmm. and start streaming on Twitch uh, and just building my kind of a gaming profile. Uh, and I can confirm that I have done that. I have be- begun to do that. I've uh, streamed multiple times over the past two weeks, um, both Apex Legends, which is first-person shooter, which is you know a game that I love and play with really close friends, uh, and then I have also started playing Horizon Forbidden West, which is a game that came out recently. Played the, It's a sequel to the first one. Um, and yeah, so I've started doing like a big playthrough of Horizon and I'm putting all of that up on my YouTube channel. Um, I then, you know, play Apex and I copy or, you know, grab um, recordings of some of the clips uh, that I do, I then download those clips, edit them, uh, and then I make TikToks out of them. Uh, so it's been it's been very interesting. My um, I'm gonna quickly go into my because it, it's it's astounds me even that this is what's happened. So I created my TikTok uh, gaming profile on the fourth, which is what two weeks ago. Uh, I have 306 followers and I've had 16,000 likes uh, because one of the videos went viral. Um, It's had 289,000 views, uh, which is just, it's just crazy. So, you know, there's no home cooking. (laughs) Yes, true. But yeah, it's just been like, I really like editing things in general and, and editing um videos so it's really cool kind of creating my own content and then putting them onto tiktok 
Um, you know, people are engaging in the comment section. The one that went viral, people are absolutely angry at me. And it's been really funny watching all of the hate come through. But look, any publicity is good publicity. Uh, so, yeah, it's been really interesting. So TikTok's been popping off. I started a Twitter, but I don't understand how any of that works. So it's just there. Um, my YouTube channel, which I am yeah, posting my playthroughs up uh, and a few little clips potentially here and there, but mainly just for the playthrough. Um and yeah the twitch and yeah so it's just i'm just starting to you know slowly build a community um and getting people into the twitch streams i'm putting no pressure at all to stream like i like before i went to bed last night i was like i'm gonna stream tomorrow morning i woke up this morning and i was like oh nah i'm not so i didn't i didn't put any pressure to be like i have to do this and that's one of the advice i heard from a streamer one time um she was talking to her stream and other streamers being like, you know, when you're starting streaming and things like that, you don't have to do eight hour streams. You know, you don't have to commit to full time. You know, you can do half hour, you can play for a few hours, but like, don't pressure yourself being like, I have to do this right now. So I'm really just doing it when I feel like I want to. Um, and then slowly over time, when I keep on building a community and things like that and I feel like I can you know turn it into something bigger then I can start committing more full-time to it and things and yeah it's been very interesting but it's a lot of fun it is a lot of fun because I like playing video games anyway but it's now getting that into an audience perspective of people watching and listening to me um not be very good at video games nah it's a lie I'm (laughs) I'm okay (laughs) so I mean I I will actually watch your YouTube I didn't realize you were on YouTube I thought it was because I don't use Twitch and I don't have TikTok but I I do uh have access to YouTube um (laughs) Also, side note, completely unrelated to anything. I don't know if this happened to you last week, but my Uh Spotify went down as part of the... There was a big Spotify outage. Oh. Happened to be on the way to work. I won't go too deep into the story, but basically I had to use YouTube music Music. for like half a day. And it was so weird leaving Spotify and being like, oh, YouTube music, this is is weird. So anyway, (laughs) you can use YouTube for things other than watching uh, videos. But so having not watched anything at all, and this is probably helpful to people who have even less understanding of gaming and streaming than than me, Mm -hmm. you're playing the games and sort of commentating, speaking while you're doing it. What percentage of that you're speaking is reacting to the game versus talking to, I don't know, people like because i know streamers respond Mm. to people like in comment sections at the moment with your following what what is coming out of your mouth (laughs) (laughs) no 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 it's good yeah it's mainly uh reactions and things like that um like i had uh dylan pop into um one of the one of the streams one day and he was like chatting to me in chat and i was able to like talk back to him kind of thing and you know start up conversations for the stream and in general but yeah i mean for me it's mainly just reaction based i think the you know the more i do it and the better i kind of get at it like i do realize sometimes i do get a bit quiet and i just really start playing the game yeah um so it's just remembering to kind of find content to talk about yeah um like randomly i i do this thing in, in horizon where i'll just randomly run up to like guards 
like just NPCs and I'll just pretend to give them a high five uh, and they kind of get knocked back just by I don't actually give them it's just finding little stupid little things to just give it a little bit of life Um, so I'm definitely getting better at it Um, but yeah commenting on like characters and people and what I'm doing um, just trying to yeah not be like all right I'm gonna do this and this and and this and and if you want to get better at this you're gonna do this it's not it's not that kind of playthrough Mm. it's just you know if you like if you it's one of those things that if you want to play a video game without playing a video game it's it's just that but I think it's I'm definitely just trying to find the more uh contextual like comedy and content behind just yeah why would people want to watch this yeah um so yeah it's very early stages and i'm not saying you should jump in and watch my first five episodes of the playthrough um but yeah it's i'm i'm getting there I'm, give us the I'm, plug, man. I'm learning. what's how do we find this on youtube for joe blog or, or <laughs> other named listeners yeah so my um my handle for my gamer tag is mj underscore rage uh, the rage comes from my gamertag used to be Royd's Rage. Yeah, I think um, you've talked about this, the old yes. nickname. Yeah, exactly. So Royd's used to be my nickname in high school, um, but I didn't really want to push the Royd's into a more audience-based thing. Um, and I really enjoy like MJ as my initials, Junior being my middle name. Um, so yeah, I decided to go MJ underscore Rage. I wanted to keep the rage because I rage every now and then, but not crazy. I don't like smash controllers or things. But anyway, you can find me at MJ underscore rage um, on YouTube, TikTok, Twitter. Um, I think that's all that I've got so far. Uh, Oh, and Twitch. Yeah, and Twitch. If you can't find that, chuck another underscore at the end of it because some things are taken at some places. It's really weird. But yeah, MJ underscore rage underscore if you need to <laughs> hashtag stream the game stream yeah <laughs> well, i feel like youtube will probably be the easiest entry point for people and i mean people watch crap youtube all the time not Thanks. that sounds Thanks. bad what that's I, great what i mean that's what really i mean <laughs> what i mean that was really bad i'm sorry i didn't mean that as an insult it's okay no it's fine i mean people like to have youtube on as the background to engage with in yep. a passive way like mm-hmm. i definitely do that i rewatch food videos i've seen before i just watch stuff to have on in the background whereas i feel like people that are on twitch will probably already understand if that makes yeah that totally makes sense. no no that makes total sense i was really umming and ahhing whether i wanted to stream on youtube mm. or stream on twitch but i think for where i kind of want to get with my streaming and building a, co- a community base i thought uh, twitch would be the best place to start and then i can always move over to youtube if i want to later um but yeah i was really umming and ahhing between that but you're right i mean i watch i watch youtube all the time um but youtube doesn't quite have the accessibility um and ease of access to watch live videos right um whereas twitch is obviously that's what it's there for mm. is to watch watch streamers and you know play games yeah well hey you're obviously doing something right because insert numbers here i mean as i say subscriber numbers mean 
like I can only frame this through the amount of people that we know listen to the podcast, right? That yeah, and totally. I guess maybe the amount of people that follow you on Instagram and how that relates to like how many people watch your story and that sort of things. But you know, that many subscribers in that amount of time, that many likes and that many views. Hey, two hundred thousand of anything is impressive. And so exactly, and so anything of life, whether it's people watching or not, two hundred thousand is a pretty impressive number so good on you i'm i know it has been a while coming and it's probably validating to have you know you're not playing to one subscriber and you're i know the algorithm on tiktok make no sense Um, yeah they don't that it's it's so strange watching some of the things that i've put up and go off i remember i posted one video the other day and i was like yo this is sick this is gonna go off nope and it and it didn't i was like why why don't get invested i know but my but my goal is to really just pick up tiktok become a little bit of like a tiktok creator in that sense and then people can will slowly make their way over to twitch um and i can get more followers and subscribers from there Mm. um but yeah uh at the moment i mean you know there's streamers out there that have been streaming for years and have built themselves really small community but they do it because they love it you know and and that's just it's just what they want to do um and that's that's what i'm going to do i'm not worried about how many people are going to be jumping in i think the other day i streamed uh and no one was there uh but that's fine you know like you've got to play it in the sense of um people are going to watch it again or watch it on youtube or things like that so yeah i think it's as it's just as entertaining for myself uh and I think as long as I don't, I think, you know, just to quickly kind of extend off this in the sense of like our resilience when it comes to, uh, you know, acting and, you know, and getting jobs and auditioning and things like that, um, you know, getting the odd no and moving on to the next one and things like that. It's like, it's just part of the game. Um, and I think that's the same with streaming at the start. It's like, you just got to keep going. You just got to keep pumping it out, and and it'll it'll eventually fall one day. Yeah, hundred percent. I think you're right. It's part, it's all part of that creative sphere of understanding that you just have to keep putting stuff out out into the universe, and it will eventually come back to you. Um, but outside of streaming, what else is going on? Anything to anything to report? I know you've been working a little bit. Uh, yeah. Auckland is still a city in the North Island of New Zealand. Let us know <laughs> if that has changed. I mean, anything else? Anything else that you've got to report? It's been a nah. couple of weeks, obviously. Yeah, no, nah, nothing crazy. I, the streaming really took over last week, um, and then this week I've worked three times uh, in store. I also worked last Saturday, and so I didn't work for a good two weeks before this outbreak happened here in New Zealand. Um, oh, sorry, I got some... Oh, you got some me. strong <laughs> I had pale some, ale. I had some strong pale ale in my, uh, in my chest. Uh, yeah, so I hadn't worked for two weeks with this outbreak starting, um, and mainly because I, you know, moving, started streaming, doing all that, but also I didn't want to go outside. There was still that thing about it. Anyway, I went to work on Saturday... Sweet as, absolutely fine, you know, worked with employees, all of that. I get to work on Tuesday and find out that an employee of mine that I worked with on Saturday just became positive. 
And I was like, I have been the void in this place for two weeks. And it happened the first day I was back at work. Anyway, I took a rat test and I was absolutely fine. I've got another rat test waiting if I need it, but I haven't felt any symptoms or anything like that. So I managed to dodge that bullet. Um, But yeah, it's, uh, yeah, worked Monday, Tuesday, worked yesterday. Uh, Very quiet. Town is very quiet, very understaffed. People are covering at other stores and have COVID themselves or have to isolate and, yeah, it's one of those things. I think like it hasn't been stressful because there haven't been a lot of customers. You know, if we had the amount of staff that we had at the usual capacity of, you know, not a pandemic, then we would be completely blown under the wind. Um, But yeah, uh, that that aspect of it is 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 okay for now. Um, We should have got you to do a live on the show. That would have been a, a podcasting element. Yeah, it was the first it's the first test I've had. I haven't had a test at all because mm. I haven't I haven't needed one. And saying that, I'm pretty sure I've already had COVID, but don't say that too loud. You bloody um, runs is that man? You won't because they've had it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ain't had it, mate. If you get it, you bloody know. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, no, it was the first test I had. But yeah, it's, it's shoving that thing up my nostril that's for sure. I get it. I get it. Yeah, it's not a lot of fun. I've done three PCRs now, three PCRs and three rats, and uh, yeah, it doesn't get any more fun. <laughs> yeah, <It> doesn't. <laughs> You don't develop an affinity for it after a certain amount of time. It's not a tickle that I like. No, Uh. no. Well, good on you for continuing to avoid it. I have managed to do so myself at this stage. Well, it's the same, man. Town's dead. Yeah. Um, We've kind of been the beneficiaries of a few cafes around us being closed, which has been good for our business. Obviously, bad hospitality generally. We'll take it. We'll take it. It's always interesting seeing someone for the first time because, you know, I've got most of the regulars that I have are people that work around the shop. So it's, Certainly. you know, I know they work on this building or like for this company. So when people turn up, like you really know that they're new and people give off a vibe of, you know, I can tell obviously someone that I've a super regular, someone that's sort of a regular, someone that's just passing through that part of town. And then there's this extra category of people that you'll be like, where you normally go for coffee shut at the moment, isn't it? Because they give <laughs> off this kind of like, hi, like what? So how, like, how are you doing things? Whereas someone that's just passing through will be like, can I just get it, you know, mm. insert coffee here. And so I've converted, you know, there's a few people converted now, which is good. And it's always an interesting exchange of being like, oh, you've come back. Because mm. I think people were skeptical, which is fair enough. Um, there's a whole thing going on at the moment about the price of coffee and how it needs to go up. And obviously I've talked about this on the show before, but mm, mm, frosts mm. in Brazil and all sorts of stuff. Um, but Hey, we won't go into, we won't go into that, <laughs> but good that you're back at the shop. Good that you are sort of in theory COVID negative. You know, I've talked to a few people now that have had it, that have said it's been pretty rough. I mean, I think there's definitely some of us wandering around that are asymptomatic, uh, but yeah, totally, there's, there's been totally. some people that I've known who've been like young and fit that have said it's been a pretty terrible time. So uh, yeah, I've definitely gone from that like, well, maybe let's just get this over with to now being like, actually, no, it sounds sounds pretty rough. Yeah. Um, no, thank you. I do have a question for you. Yes. If you're prepared and you're willing. I love questions. Now, this is something that came up a few weeks, maybe three weeks ago, and I sort of stashed it away as a conversation that I'd had with Fran. I thought, oh, that's a that's a classic that's a Bros good and Brews podcast question yep. time question. 
And I think it's particularly appropriate today, on the first day of March Madness, a day where I'm excited brackets are afoot. Because uh, it's a sort of sort of a bracket kind of a question. My question oh. to you, that would inform this sort of small adventure that we go on together, is what is the worst vegetable? Now, I don't expect an immediate... Oh answer because i know that's hard instead what i have is a list of 22 common vegetables i would say sort of the most classic vegetables in new zealand okay. and i thought you and i could fill out a sort of a pyramid of of how we see these vegetables sitting in and around each other because it's quite nice. a diff, you know it's quite a difficult question you know how do you feel about a cauliflower in relation to an eggplant not something that i think you've you've necessarily come to the show today expecting to have to answer definitely but, not but uh fear not i've put all the prep in so there's 22 vegetables and i want okay. us to come up with our sort of top tier veggies mm-hmm. the ones that we could give give or take and then ones that we just really don't like and this was fueled by you know fran and i disagreeing we feel more strongly about some vegetables than others for context i'm not including any kind of onion normal onion spring That's onion uh, a red onion a shallot i'm just not including it because there's such a staple in cooking that i think it's sort of unfair similarly i'm not including garlic because I think, again, they would just be at the top of okay. the list from the sort of, they get used in lots of cooking. They everything. are definitely at the top of my list. And the other thing for me to mention is I am including tomato in this list. I know tomato is a fruit. <laughs> is it the fruit? Yeah, yeah, is yeah. I'm sure there's other things on this list that are fruit. Uh, I'm including it on the list because I view it as a vegetable in the way that we consume it. Totally. And I'm I'm question master, so I'm including it on the list. So these are the vegetables that we have, and I don't know how long this might take. We might have to, you know, skim the process down. That's okay. Do you want me to write them down, or are you yeah, keeping this might, track? I mean, it might you... I, I, it might help you to be able okay. to visualize them. Okay. So give I'll give you sort of 10, 15 seconds to to prep an area to prep them, or maybe you're ready now. I don't know. I'm ready. Hit me. Let's go. Right. Tomato, carrot. How fast is your writing? I don't know. I'm going. Potato, Let's keep it going. Broccoli, courgette slash zucchini, cauliflower, avocado, maybe fruit, not sure, parsnip, mushroom, eggplant slash aubergine, capsicum slash pepper if you're from the UK, asparagus, beetroot, bok choy slash pak choy slash lots of other names for that, uh, green beans, cabbage of all kinds, Pumpkin of all kind, cucumber, lettuce of all kind, spinach, and peas. Oh, and kumara slash sweet potato. That is the 22. Now, I know there are some other ones. Um, corn. You know what? Keep it off the list. Corn, you're off. For whatever reason, you're off because I've already figured out this pyramid. So, <laughs> the pyramid we need to make is a top one, a next two, three, four, five, six, and then a bottom one. Um, we could have done this lots of different ways. We could have sort of done the top three. We could have done the top five. I was basically just trying to figure out how can I fit 22 into a rough sort of pyramid shape. But um, let's start at the top. The most valuable, the most, however you want to categorize it. Remembering that the question is, what's the worst vegetable? 
you know, this is all almost sort of semantics at, at the top here, but you know, if whether it's a take one vegetable to a desert island, the vegetable that you think is the most tasty, the vegetable that you use in most of your cooking, what would you put as your top one vegetable? Potato. I am also going to put potato in. I think if you were to poll 100 people, at least 90 would put potato as number one. Definitely. Dare I say the least vegetable of vegetables? It really is not... It's just used outside the realm of healthy foods so often. Um, But I think it would be a strong favourite. You know, if we were putting together the Marsh Madness bracket of vegetables, potatoes would be solidly a number one seed. And I'm happy for for us to move on without talking anymore. Potatoes off the list. Now, you had to find another two. As I guess, you know, if we were saying your podium of vegetables, you know, Mm. if we were doing a top three, they might contend with potato. Off the list, are there a couple that jump out at you? I think I have my two, but, I, you know, I've thought about this a bit more, so I don't want to influence you. Where would be the next two that you would you would head towards yeah it's something that like um i'd have to go with like versatility yep um vegetables that i really like have to be versatile um so in my mind carrot comes to mind Mm -hmm. yep um and then mushrooms also come to mind interesting i didn't used to be a big mushroom person no i've really gotten into them um at the same time capsicum um i i I, actually that's just a vegetable that i enjoy um otherwise um spinach and lettuce as well because they can be used for so many things i had a saguala the other night spinach bang boom um lettuce every burger every taco every whatever you know it's so versatile not that it's great but it does the job in filling um this is really hard. Can I hear your two? Yep, you can hear my two. So, as I said, sort of small tomato bites. I love tomatoes. I think from a versatility perspective, the fact that you can eat them on toast. I mean, I know some people don't know this. I love a simple tomato on toast. And they form the staple of so many you know, dishes as kind of like a sauce component. I think that tomato is maybe the most valuable vegetable there is Mm. yes it's a fruit let's get over that people whereas potato i I think as a treat has sort of you like you know the most delicious version of it is is pretty up there but i think tomato is, is for me most versatile and valuable and having had a tomato plant over the last two months has been amazing um and then I think the other vegetable that I just have in the fridge the most, when I go to the veggie market on Sundays, I go, I'll oh, just buy two of those. I think has to be capsicum for me. Pepper. Wow. A sweet yeah. pepper, as it were. Yeah. I think I just, and some of my favorite cuisines are Spanish, Mexican, mm. and um, I guess anything in the kind of, I don't want to say like Middle Eastern style, like something like, Flavors that are inspired, uh, you know, shuka is a dish that I make quite often. I just think that if you have a, uh, a capsicum in your fridge, it will go into lots of different cuisines. And I constantly find myself using them in food. And I think from a from a flavor perspective, I actually enjoy the taste. Whereas something like carrots get used a lot, but I'm not huge on on the flavor of carrot that's a good point actually like yeah that makes sense loves carrot like she's like 
chuck the carrots in the stew. I want big chunky bits of carrot. I'm I'm not huge on that. I'm more like we're definitely putting capsicums in the ch- in the in the burrito chili mix because I want to taste it. Like we're I made um a breakfast burger the other week where I was like, what can I make? This was on the weekend. We had two leftover burger buns. We I was like, we can fry some eggs. What do we have? Had had a red capsicum and I just cut it into big chunks just grilled it and put it in the sandwich and man mm, it was delicious so yum, tomato yum. and capsicum are, are my round out my sort of top three nice i just um if i didn't have them in my fridge i reckon it would take out so many options of things that yeah. i would cook yeah um yeah look i'm jumping on the bandwagon with capsicum as well i i love pe- capsicum um so i'm definitely there with you um look i put carrot down um, but hearing you talk, it just did make sense. Uh, for me, I really like grating carrot mm. and putting it into um, like a mince uh, or with um, couscous, butter, garlic, couscous and some grated carrot, um, you know, tacos, that kind of thing. I think, yeah, you know, versatility wise. Um, but I'm actually just for taste and it is something that I'm just absolutely loving at the moment. It's mushrooms. Nice. Um, yep. Yeah, so I'm going mushrooms capsicum for my tier two. Mushroom capsicum. Nice. I'll, I'll note that down for you. So we move on to sort of the next three, as it were, where I think, you know, the more into the middle of the pack you go, it sort of probably becomes more about taste than how often you use them. I would suggest maybe. Um, again, I should say I, I haven't pre-done this. This is me sort of thinking on the fly while I do it. I've got to say my next three up would probably include carrot from a pure involvement in in dishes where you need like veg you know, making a bolognese, you put carrot in it. Yeah. The yeah. fact that you can uh, you can pickle carrots really easily. You can just I mean quite often I take carrots and like a hummus to work as a snack I think again similar to the kind of onion and garlic sphere they get used so often um mushrooms I'm going to put in there because you know as I try and eat more and more vegetarian they're obviously such a good replacement for for meat um as I think about my third one I think then it's just sort of pure flavor I think lots of people would put avocado up there but I think avocado is not versatile like it is a it's not something that you put into sauces. It's not something you put into stews. It's it's a it's a glamour vegetable, right? And I think it would be silly to put a glamour vegetable so high up. So as I scan the list, I think I'm gonna lean towards something that might be slightly out of the box. I'm gonna put courgette in my next three out. Oh yeah. I think courgette is just it just does really well in lots of. I mean obviously they're all vegetables they all do well in vegetarian cooking but (laughs) courgette is the kind of vegetable that you can chop up and put in something and it's not such a strong flavor that it will kind of dominate but it adds kind of fresh vegetableness to stuff like i've put courgette in uh in risotto recently i've put it Mm. you know we've made courgette zucchini fritters recently you can obviously grate it easily you can chop it easily in comparison to say something like I don't know I'm going to say like pumpkin which I really like as a vegetable might sort of come through in the next couple of rounds pumpkin is really like you chop it up into chunks and incorporate it that way whereas courgette I think you can break it down to lots of different ways 
Um, but I think that's a seasonal thing. I'm, I'm just really into cause shed at the moment. If you ask me another time of the year, I don't think it would make it. Um, but carrot, mushroom, and courgette are going to be my next three. What say you? Nice. I'm there with you in the carrot because I was umming and ahhing for that second tier. I've put it into there. So carrot. Um, and look, I've gone for I've gone for spinach because I use spinach quite a lot. Yeah. Um, and it just uh, looking at all of the other vegetables, I would pick that before anything else. Um, so you know, baby leaf spinach. Um, just yeah, really easy to just chop up and really just chuck in things. Yeah, I um, guess it's. Uh, you- it's just it breaks down so easily right yeah exactly it wilts it's yeah it wilts it fills it out um yeah i yeah so i would put spinach in there um and then i have gone with lettuce interesting as, as boring as lettuce is it's just once again used in so many things including my favorite thing in the world burgers mm um i mean it's actually, a texture thing primarily right like yeah it's just yeah. such a different function to other visuals you're not using lettuce to bulk out a dish to really add flavor it's a it's a it's a texture thing which is totally it's just as valuable as any other reason for a vegetable yep. totally so yeah i am yeah i am giving it a little bit of justice and putting it in that third tier so yeah spinach carrot lettuce for me nice i am gonna so go boring. ahead and rattle through my next four because otherwise you know we'll be all day Nice. As I look towards the next tier, I think I think I'm looking for, you know, the the uses for the visuals become more specific. Like I think av- avocado is probably in my next four. I recognise that it's used for specific reasons, but like when I when you have it in the context that you want it, it feels mm. like a luxurious thing. Like avocado on toast, there's a reason why you pay for that at a restaurant in the same way that in a different way that you wouldn't pay for like, I don't know cucumber on on toast so i'm going to put avocado in my next four i'm going to put pumpkin in the next four as well because i think of its versatility in any dish sort of liquid based so good in and uh you know veggie curries um it's easily blended you know you can make soup just out of that there's not many i mean obviously you add other ingredients but there's not many vegetables where you can say like oh i'm excited to have parsnip soup or asparagus soup pumpkin really solid uh i have a specific pumpkin pasta recipe which i like pumpkin makes it for me yum bok choy is going to make my next four because i think from a greens perspective i think bok choy is the most flavorful green again we've said spinach has its uses lettuce has its uses from a flavor perspective Mm, i get you obviously you really only use it in asian cooking so it's very specific there but i think if i'm making an asian a dish you know stir fry or fried rice or or dumplings and you want veggies on the side if i had to put money into buying a vegetable for flavor i think bok choy would be there for me and for a fourth one as i scan the list as i scan the list you know, I think I'm going to have to agree with you that I'm going to put lettuce up there from a salad. Speci- Obviously, lettuce encompasses a lot of different a versions lot. of greens, totally. which is maybe totally. not fair to some of the other ones. But I think the the amount of reasons and uses you can find to have lettuce in your fridge is pretty high. So avocado, pumpkin, bok choy, lettuce are my next ones. How about you? Nice. Um, yeah, I'm struggling for my fourth, but for mine, uh, I've got a kumara. Mm-hmm. I've put kumara in there. I love me some kumara fries. Um, 
uh, just roasted kumara. Uh, obviously not as not as much as potato, um, but I, yeah, I love I love me some sweet potato. Love me some kumara. Um, I've then put in zucchini, mm-hmm. um, courgette, because you're right. I think it's so easy to put in so many. Um, you know, you can roast them, chuck them in a really nice curry. It, it works in quite a lot of different curries and things like that. It can go in with some. Uh, I do it quite often with uh, my couscous and things like that. Um, and then I've also got cauliflower. I've put cauliflower in there. I'm I'm personally a fan of cauliflower more than broccoli. Mm. Um, but in saying that, I probably have broccoli more than cauliflower, which is quite strange. Um, but I do enjoy cauliflower more. Um, I'm and I'm honestly I'm just trying to round through and look at these things on what. What would I rather have? Is what it's really coming down to. I'm looking at these. Like, what would, what would I rather have? Um, Another thing to and... consider, as I sort of uh, I narrate while you have a thought, was the cost of these vegetables. Right, like part of the reason oh, why yeah. carrots and potatoes are so versatile is because they're so cheap all year round. Totally, like the fact that some things cost way more is obviously a downside to their existence as vegetables now we're doing this through a new zealand lens right like they may be more affordable in other parts of the world but that has to be taken into consideration true um bok choy rounding it out i agree nice. i agree with you nice nice very similar last far which is fine i wasn't coming out here for controversy um <laughs> i have gone with my next five again for very different reasons uh i think cauliflower is up there for me i think a really undervalued vegetable cauliflower i think people see it through the lens of kind of mushy kindergarten childhood steamed food but cauliflower crisps really well mm. uh i don't know if you've made a cauliflower steak where you sort of just cut a cauliflower cut through it and chuck flat. it in an oven with a f load of butter or oil or whatever delicious holds flavor really well um, I've put cucumber in this just because I think freshness is something that lots of vegetables can't actually do. Like getting freshness from mushrooms doesn't really happen. Freshness from pumpkin doesn't really happen. Like you have to apply citrus or acidity to those to make them fresh. Cucumber comes with an inherent freshness that is so valuable, uh, particularly in salads. Like I, I love cucumber like chopped up in salads peas i think very versatile like Mm. so easy i mean the fact that you can keep them frozen gives them a massive tick again there's not many other vegetables on here aside from say spinach that freeze really well by themselves the fact that you can just have frozen peas in and chuck them in like a pasta or a risotto or paella or whatever gives it the tick for me uh kumara has made made the cut um again something that's just really really sturdy like a obviously related to the potato um kumbara is the new zealand te reo maori native uh name for sweet potato if you're not from new Mm. zealand and i've begrudgingly put broccoli in my next five now a big part of this question (laughs) came from the fact that i don't like broccoli that much Mm. but i think from a uh value for money the fact how good it is for you and sort of begrudgingly using it in things like a stir fry i think from a value perspective broccoli has to be not in the bottom two categories even though i don't like it very much like i buy it and then it stays in my fridge and a lot of the time goes off and i throw it out i think more than any other vegetable we've said thus far but in comparison to the ones that are still on the list 
I think it's sort of its usefulness and how cheap it is in comparison puts it on there for me. But we're really getting to the point where I'm I'm picking I'm picking nits between ones that I'm I'm not a huge <laughs> fan of. So collie, cucumber, peas, kumara, broccoli for me. Nice. Um, yeah, I'm pretty similar in that sense. I've got cucumber in there. I've got peas and broccoli. Um, to round out my five, I've gone with green beans mm. uh, as well. Um, I think, yeah, green beans, just once again, those things you can kind of just steam up really nice. Butter and garlic, just uh, just lovely little crunchy, If you, I mean, depending on how you're doing it and how you want it, but just crunchy little morsels of things anyway um and i've also put avocado in there as well Mm. i am not a big avocado fan no but i am getting i'm i am really getting there Uh, honestly it's happening with me like mushrooms how i I used to despise mushrooms um but yeah avocado's growing on me last night we had some nachos had some guac um i had the leftover guac this morning with my lunch um you know it's uh i'm definitely getting there haven't quite got to just a straight up avo on toast but i think that's the one thing with avocado like you were saying earlier it's not that versatile in how often you use it you have to be quite specific with it so i'm i'm getting there with it but still enjoyable enough for me to be on that tier nice um that remind me what were your what were the five in that category cucumber beans peas broccoli and avocado nice nice so there's been lots of similarities for us there's seven left i've sort of phrased this as like a next second six and then like the worst vegetable now yeah there I are get vegetables that. which i haven't included for example uh i haven't included corn which would probably be somewhere in the middle i guess for me i haven't included um brussels, brussels sprouts. sprouts which you can mm. buy in new zealand but sort of aren't really I don't know, like I never have them. So it doesn't, I'm more thinking what are the, of the vegetables that I could buy and do buy, how do I feel about them? Yeah. Um, you know, leeks sort of part of the onion family, but used differently. Ooh, so this is leek. not a, what is the worst, worst vegetable? It's more the sort of, of these 22, where does everything sit? Yeah. As I look at these last seven, which for me is eggplant, parsnip, asparagus, green beans, cabbage, spinach, beetroot. For a long time, asparagus would have been the worst. But I've really come around in asparagus, asparagus, asparagus <laughs> the last couple of years. I think because it forms a similar function to courgette and to green beans and peas and that, it's a green vegetable which can be chopped up and included into something really easily. Asparagus and risotto, paella, that sort of thing, like a salad. So asparagus is not my bottom. Eggplant, not my bottom. The best version of eggplant's really high up there, like a baba ganoush, you know, a beautiful, mm, like, spiced eggplant, true. which is nice. But I think I find about eggplant is it's quite difficult to cook. Like, if cook. you don't cook it properly, it's dry. Like, the rubberiness is not very pleasant, and it's generally pretty expensive all year round. Like, I look at an eggplant at a market, and I'm like, for $4, do I actually know how I'm going to use you or not? So, eggplant, you're a great vegetable when done well, but... The amount of times that I decide to buy you for your cost is pretty low. Um, <laughs> parsnip, a pretty sort of, I don't use it very often when I do. It's almost always just as a part of a roast, like a roast vegetable. Yeah. Yeah. And I enjoy it. I enjoy a parsnip when it's paired with, you know, and roast potatoes and all that other stuff. But again, just like other than roasting it, I don't 
really know what I would use it for, so I don't yeah. think it's that helpful. Um, green beans, maybe slightly under-seeded. Um, I think, you know, when I use them and they're fresh and they're delicious, they're really nice, but there's something about a vegetable where you kind of have to scoop a handful of it and you go like, is this enough? Is this not enough? You know, how many of these do I need to buy? I find quite difficult in the purchasing process of green beans. <laughs> um, cabbage, sort of unglamorous, love a coleslaw, mm. can provide crunch in certain circumstances, but again, mm-hmm. like you have to buy so much of it. Even if you buy a half cabbage, it's still a lot it's of a cabbage. Lot of it cabbage. takes up fridge room and you never really know what to do with it. Yeah. Um, and then the final one on this tier for me is, is spinach. Uh, I can see why you put spinach high. Super versatile and easily incorporated into yep. dishes. You know, it breaks down really easily. You can put it in smoothies really easily. I just don't buy it. And I don't mm. know if that's from a... If a lot of the times if you want to buy spinach, it has to be in plastic bags. Like they don't sell spinach at the market. Yeah, it's true. That's a good point. I think that's probably why it's been punished for me. Um, but I think my bottom one vegetable of this list and in how we've been processing it today, for me, is beetroot. I like beetroot. I like mm. beetroot in a similar way to I like parsnip. Like, if you chop it up and put it in a tray of roast veggies, I'll enjoy it. But the whole sweetness profile thing just has never really made sense to me. Like, I don't know what the best version of a beetroot is. Like, I've had beetroot risotto before and enjoyed it, but it's sort of just a bit weird. And I think the thing that really puts it at the bottom for me is practicality of prep. It stains your fingers. If you eat enough of it, <laughs> yes. you might have an interesting time the next morning without trying to be too TMI. I think the the redness and the vibrancy of the vegetable itself is more annoying than it is interesting from like a a bright red you know great on christmas when you're looking to do as much red material as you can food wise but i'm just always go away from beetroot because i just think if i have to if i have to prep this it's just going to be a pain color wise it's going to stain the cooking boards all that sort of stuff i've never understood the whole new zealand beetroot and burgers thing um yeah neither so i think for me beetroot is is of this list the worst vegetable nice yeah nice i I respect that um yeah look i uh basically i started off um i mean what i've got left is pumpkin cabbage tomato eggplant parsnip asparagus and beetroot um the first one i put into the list was tomato i understand why you know tomato is, is is so up there for you for me whenever i think of tomato i think of like raw tomato i really don't like raw tomato i can't put tomato on toast i can't have tomato on a burger i just i can't enjoy it and right, i don't you're, enjoy you're it. a you're at to the level where you will remove tomato from something yes right. definitely but in the sense of that kind of stuff for me last night guacamole a little bit of chopped up tomato in there absolutely fine um had a couscous with a whole bunch of veggies chopped up tomato in there absolutely fine um to get you know tin tomatoes put into sauces absolutely fine um it's more of the like thick slices of tomato and things i can't do it i can't i just i can't do it so that's why it's so low for me mm. um 
I've got pumpkin down there as well. Um, I don't I don't have a lot of pumpkin. I'm not saying I enjoy it that much, um, but it's still something that if it's on my plate, I'll definitely eat it. But it's not something I gravitate towards. Hard to prep as well, pumpkin. It's mm, really difficult true. to chop up. So I yep. never really look forward to that. You know, because yeah. some of the vegetables, like think of think of a courgette, top and tail it, chop it out how you want and chuck it in. Like we can't bang, overlook bang. the, boom, boom, boom. the ease of, of mm. prep. Pumpkin's not totally. great. Totally. Um, I've got cabbage in there as well. Once again, like you said, coleslaw, you know, um, that kind of thing. It's just another filler. Uh, but yeah, not my not my go-to. I'd rather have spinach or lettuce uh, any day before cabbage. Um, and this is a sauerkraut. Mm, I love sauerkraut. Um, I've got eggplant in there as well. Once again, something I don't gravitate towards a lot of, um, but I'll happily have it if it's there. I have got uh, beetroot uh, in there. I get what you mean in the sense of prep and doing it that way and things. But for me, one thing that I really love doing with beetroot um, is uh, making a beetroot slaw with onion. Hmm. You ca- you caramelize um, the onion and beetroot together with uh, balsamic vinegar and brown sugar. And you make it into this really lovely, um, like what you put on burgers and yeah. things like that. It's it's a really lovely way of just giving that kind of yeah balsamic, um, caramelized um, essence to it to a burger. Um, one thing that HelloFresh really did for me, um, and every now and then, and putting in their burgers. So that's how I kind of got a liking to beetroot. I can't do a slab of beetroot though. I, I, I can't do that. And you're so right. I do not get a kiwi burger uh, with beetroot on it. It's just... Beetroot no. also doesn't really soften. Like, in the mm. same way that, you know, if you if you roasted a tray of potatoes, parsnip, and beetroot, the potatoes will soften eventually. The parsnip will soften eventually. But all the time with beetroot, even if you cook it for quite a long time, it'll stay really hard. I don't True. find that, that enjoy. Like, I'll eat a raw carrot. I don't mind chewing a hard vegetable, but... <laughs> I don't want to like bite into a roast bit of beetroot and it still be crunchy. It's yeah. just weak texturally, yeah. Yeah, I get you. I get you. Um, the last two I have left is parsnip and asparagus. Mm. It's really hard for me to separate these guys because asparagus is just something that I will never touch. I won't. I hate. I I hate it. I I don't like asparagus. Uh, the taste. I just. I just don't get it. I don't, I, I don't like it. Um, and with parsnip, it's a, it's a vegetable that I've had more of, but probably my least liked root vegetable. Um, it's got such a, such a distinct flavor profile to it. And when I eat it, I know I'm eating a parsnip, but it's not necessarily in an enjoyable way. I'm like, Oh, yep. That's the parsnip. Yep. Um, you know, I'd rather have a yam. Love me, love me some Ooh, yams. Interesting. Yeah, man. Yeah, some little roast yams. Mm. Mm. Haven't had them in a very long time, though. Anyway, I digress. Um, so, but I mean, on that pure basis of just a vegetable, I won't touch with a ten foot pole. I, I just do not like the taste of it at all. It's just not in my flavor profile. Um, and that would be asparagus for me and I know a lot of people will be screaming at their phone screens or laptops or radios or ratty ratty ra at that um but yeah asparagus me 
my my pee is 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 staying smelly uh, unsmelly it is it is it is clean no asparagus for me i don't know how many people love asparagus i don't oh, know I'm maybe pretty, they t- uh, i don't know i feel like some people have some pretty strong opinions about asparagus and they're like yeah interesting well this is this is the thing I look forward to the feedback on this because asparagus is one, <laughs> along with mushrooms, is one of those classic. Like very few people wake wake up, very few people grow up as children, and love asparagus or love mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, They're true. in that kind of quote unquote adult vegetable realm. But I can understand. I can understand why it wouldn't wouldn't make it anywhere near the top and near the bottom for you. Again, I want to apologise to the vegetables that have been left out of this. Um, Obviously, it's been a relatively in-depth question time, but I think what we've learned is we have similarities of because yes, again, where this came from was I, I think there were key vegetables that Fran and I disagreed on, and one was broccoli because she loves steamed broccoli, and I'm like, how boring! Like I would never, cho- <laughs> I would never choose that. I recognise that that's a a really good way of consuming that. Yeah, like broccoli can be steamed well, but anyway, there were just some vegetables that I think we would find people have strong opinions on um but the potato will always reign supreme and lots totally. of things in the middle will always totally. kind of fight against each other but yeah it's really interesting with vegetables how some people just you know your aversion to tomatoes other yeah. people share that there are some people that really don't like asparagus i'm sure there's you know there's some people that still don't understand you know the whole avocado craze people True. just would never ever ever order that on a brunch menu um and then there's probably some some uh, vegetables that no one has a strong opinion on, like lettuce is probably one, just because the way that it's used is not a flavour thing, it's a texture Well, exactly, thing. yeah. Lettuce is probably not anyone's favourite vegetable, but it's probably not anyone's least favourite vegetable. Mm-hmm. Um, any final thoughts on your rankings, my rankings, the question as a whole? Uh, no, I mean, I'm pretty happy. I mean, I think definitely I, you know, have probably un- under underdone tomato. Um, I think it probably could have been another tier above. Um, but it's just on the pure fact of like just eating this thing by itself um, for me. Um, but I guess I have judged other things with putting it with other things. So it is what it is. Um, yeah, I have, I, my upbringing in childhood was very not in the realm of vegetables. Um, and as I have gotten older uh, and my palate is, is changing, vegetables and, you know, things that I didn't really used to like are definitely coming along. Like I said, mushrooms, I was not a fan of them at all. Um, but the other day made me a really nice mushroom sauce, you know, mm. happily just put some mushrooms and things. Um, it's, uh, yeah, uh, it's changing. It's forever changing. So who knows what happens when my palate grows another year and a month's time maybe asparagus might find its way uh, <laughs> onto the plate i mean i feel like if we did this year from now it wouldn't be that different but five years from now 10 years from now True. we may True. feel we may feel differently and hey there's obviously a door open for the old fruit version of this tomatoes will not be involved i don't want to get any <laughs> tomatoes a uh, fruit messaging we've had more than enough of that uh, but please do let us know where you think certain uh, certain things fit. Um, but we'll leave the vegetables on the front door for now, uh, like a, a wonky box delivery or a HelloFresh delivery. <laughs> to round out this week, we will do, what are you watching? And uh, why don't you start, sir? What have you been watching? Obviously, lots of your time has been spent streaming, and it's been sort yes. of what are you 
producing rather than consuming but Whale. what's uh what's been sitting in front of your eyes over the last couple of weeks um yeah look a, a thing that um we talked about uh many weeks ago now and one thing that we are working towards this year uh, that we want to do and, and and share and dive into um is that disney and pixar um our top rankings of um certain selected movies um and yeah i'm just starting to make way my way through the ones that i haven't seen um so have done that over the past two weeks we've gotten through about four um which has been really good i think we've got two left um so yeah that's been really fun also did a rewatch of one that's on the list because we felt like watching it um man it stands up i won't talk about it because it's that's for a later date um the big thing that we've been watching in the sense of just kind of an easy TV dinner consumable um, on Netflix. We love our little quirky Netflix shows, as you've heard over the weeks. Um, and this one is called Making Fun. And basically it is, can't remember the host's names, but he is this middle-aged man who is a builder uh, and he's worked in toy business for years and things like that, but basically he was sick of working in the toy industry, so he left, went to his ranch in the countryside, um, and I'm not entirely sure, but gave him a Netflix show. So he's basically in his property in the middle of the country in America. Uh, he's got this massive barn filled with absolutely all of the building tools and equipment that you could think of, uh, and he's got some really good friends of him, and the basic premise of the show is is that a whole bunch of children pitch to him an idea for an invention and then he chooses which invention to make and he makes that invention. Sick. Um, it's pretty random. It's pretty funny. Um, I think I, it's, it's actually, it is actually quite funny. Um, but, you know, you've got random inventions like um, a massive rock, paper, scissors machine. I'm talking like like you know like 10 feet tall and it like you know they they loaded up with all of the different rock paper scissors um they had a dinosaur that shoots tacos like just random inventions um and yeah half an hour watch really easy pretty funny the kids are annoying but it's pretty funny um and yeah that's been the big kind of tv easy dinner consumable making fun um and the last thing, which you may be interested on checking out, because it just came out today, and I only watched it today, it's only 15 minutes long, um, or there's a little extended one if you want to hear a little bit more info on it, but basically PlayStation um, announced uh, about a week or so um, that they were going to do a state of play. Basically a state of play is they do a showcase of things that are coming out. They did a big showcase of um, uh, Japanese um, businesses, um, you know, production companies that are sending out new games and things about a week ago. But today on State of Play, they gave us a 15-minute walkthrough and playthrough of Harry Potter Hogwarts Legacy. Oh. No, sorry, not Harry Potter. It's not even Harry Potter. It's just Hogwarts, Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah. 15 minutes of gameplay of what the whole game involves and it looks sick it looks so good 
um it basically the kind of like the you know the spells and how the fighting is going to work out the lore behind it the customization of characters oh my god the room of requirements and how they've kind of put the room of requirements into a video game setting and you know obviously what you need for the video game to work but it's the room of requirements it looks so good um so yeah that comes out um holiday 2022 which i presume is christmas um so at the end of this year um but yeah man i go and watch it bro uh, i'm opening the tab on yeah, youtube now nice. i think it's on. the fifth yeah i think it's a 15 minute one from playstation um and yeah basically just a walkthrough playthrough uh of 15 minutes of yeah just show showing the game um if you're listening here you enjoy video games or you enjoy you know just the wizarding world um check it out uh and yeah it might uh it might push you in the direction of you know joining the old gaming nation mm. because it looks really good um so yeah we'll we'll see what we'll see what happens with that and, and what more comes out but from from what i saw there i am excited to to, to grab that one i'm excited as I said, I've pulled I've pulled it up already, so I will be watching that. <laughs> um, yeah, the only game who, that I've ever been waiting for a release from. Um, on my side of things, uh, obviously, in terms of what you're watching from a sort of slightly different lens, college basketball is going to be a big mm-hmm, part of mm-hmm, my next mm-hmm. few weeks. Um, one thing that I've talked about in the past, which uh i don't you know it's, it's not really new so it doesn't need discussion from that but there's a new season of survivor out survivor season 42 what i do think is worth noting is you know i think i mentioned this before but they release one episode a week so again it's a different style of con- consumption yeah um quite hard to get into it you know fran and i had talked about you know do we wait for the whole thing to be out and then binge it so we get the whole sort of momentum of it but one thing that i do I do want to point out about Survivor as it has become so, so woke. Not a bad thing. <laughs> it is not a criticism. Okay, it's a good okay. thing overall. But what we find really, I don't want to say, funny sounds like the wrong word, but the casting of Survivor, right? Like you go back and you look at some of the old seasons, a lot of white people, more mm. white people than we ever needed. Over through the seasons, they've introduced more diversity of people, um, famously there was one season which had the terrible theme and this was mid 2000s like not any time recent but they had divided tribes into i think white people black people and asian people like can you... <laughs> anyway <laughs> but now survivors casting is is, is super super woke right to the point mm. where there's a cast of 18 people on these new seasons and you're just waiting for the person who hasn't had any time to sort of out whatever element of themselves is like sad or the struggle of their life or which is just a weird engagement as an audience member, because you know that none of these people are, are boring. They all have something mm. To, mm. to say, like in this season already, one of the uh, characters always sounds like the wrong word, but one of the people on the show has talked about um, them being trans and that experience uh, there have been people that have uh, the the sister of the first American nurse to die of COVID is on the show, and you're just like, if what you the? applied for the show, they would never say no. Like, what a crazy, crazy story to be 
a close relation of mm. the first American medical worker to die from COVID. But it just makes you think like these, you know, we've talked about reality TV before and in the past, it used to be enough to be like a big fan of the show or be like super passionate. Like I just, I think it's interesting to say with survivor, the bar for entry of an interesting life story is so high now. And it just, <laughs> it's weird on how it influences us watching the show because there are a few people who haven't had that like confessional year where they've talked about their mm. life story. And we're just sitting there sort of almost judging these people trying to figure out what it is about them back home that has made them, quote unquote interesting enough to be on the season which i think is just it's just weird it's not a bad thing i think it's good from like a diversity (laughs) perspective these people for the most part deserve you know to be on a show that they are so passionate about but it's just weird to to be expecting to have someone come out with some crazy story about their their background or what's going on you know my wife is pregnant and she's going to give birth while i'm here that sort of stuff um survivor season 42 is out now and the final thing that i was going to talk about today but i won't i'll save it for next week from both a time perspective and i'll have more to say on it next week is that i've still not seen spider-man no way home i realized that i haven't seen spider-man is it far from home was the one before it correct i thought i'd seen that and i realized that i had seen spider-man homecoming Fran and I are doing a reverse Spider-Man watch. We started with Homecoming. We watched the first Andrew Garfield Spider-Man, The Amazing Spider-Man. We then watched the first Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. We've just finished the second Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. We watched number three of that, then the second Andrew Garfield, and then we're going to do Far From Home, No Way Home, as sort of a, I don't know what you would call it, uh, like a figure eight Mm -hmm. of all the Mm -hmm. the Spider-Man films. I'm not going to talk about what we've watched so far because we've only, we, we still have the third Tobey Maguire, the second Andrew Garfield and the last two Tom Hollands. I think my takes on Spider-Man are going to be quite contrary to the popular opinion of the of what the best Spider-Man movies are. As yeah. we've done these watches, I've been surprised at what I've enjoyed, what I haven't enjoyed. I would say by the next time we record, I'll be ready to come on and give James's Marvel Spider-Man take uh as someone that you know i'm not as marvel inclined as you i'm certainly not someone that's like spider-man is my favorite you know uh superhero um but it's been interesting re-watching them some of the stuff is good and some of the stuff i don't think i don't think is good so i'll leave that as a tasty (laughs) what are you watching morsel for next time we're on nice Uh, but yes for now it's very much college basketball college basketball for me three weeks of the year and then none of the rest of it uh (laughs) and speaking of speaking of college basketball you you young wildcat troy bolton you how do you feel about your strong pale ale after the last hour or so (sighs) yeah i mm, like i've i've been drinking it but i I really haven't been enjoying it um, as much as I wanted to. It's it's very the more and more I drink it, the more it love like a red ale it is. Um, it is way more down that route. Uh, and look, I like a red ale, but that's not what's on the can. Um, that's not what I was expecting to drink, and that is something to consider. Um, but yeah, I think 
it's nice. It's yeah. It's not as sweet as what I you know usually like in in the sense of drinks. Um, I haven't I haven't drunk it that you know that very fast. Man, it's going straight to my head now, isn't it? So talk about it. It's attacking me. Um, but yeah, it, it's. I mean, I can kind of judge it on the sense of how much I've had to drink on it. That it's you know not something that I've gravitated towards. Um, but yeah, I think like it's definitely not terrible. But it's it's not up there. Give us it's a not score. Up there. I'm we know it's gonna, gonna have be low. To, yeah, I'm gonna have to give it. I mean, it's still respectable, but it's gonna have to be like a six point six. Nice. Remind yeah. me, what was the score that you gave to the the wheat beer that you really didn't enjoy? Oh, that was a uh, that was a five, wasn't it? Wasn't that just a straight up five? I think it was. So yeah, some way ahead of that. Yeah. Um, yes, yes, yeah, yeah, it wasn't terrible, but it's just, no, I'd rather have others, I'd rather have others. Again, I think very similar drinking experience for me, um, I'm just missing any kind of sweetness, I know, mm. I know mm. it's, well actually it doesn't say, it says trip hop, triple hopped beer, easy drinking for resin heads, and then on the description, um, I wouldn't say it really speaks to how bitter this is, it's not it's not so bitter that in every sip you're like, Ugh, but I just want some some sweet relief. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give it a 6.4, which is my yeah. lowest score. Wow. So, Sawmills Pale Ale has been relieved of its duties as the, the previous lowest at 6.7. Um, but this beer would be really enjoyable for people who like pale ales, who like red ales, who like brown ales, stouts, porters. It's not that bitter. And the flavor is totally. actually okay. I just, uh, from a style perspective, it's just not what I, uh, mm. what I, what I lean towards. So a new bottom, sad for Garage Project, sad. but so many of their other beers have done well, so that's fine. I'm oh, sure totally. Garage, Garage Project. It averages out. It's just an outlier. Just um, an outlier. It sounds like we had very similar experiences yeah, in beers. Yeah. Uh, which is We've gone so experimental the last three weeks. Yeah. I really applaud us. We've had well wheat done. beers. <laughs> we've had brown-ish ales. We've had, what was extra strong bitter yeah when i looked that up i didn't get excited um (laughs) but hey we're trying to introduce diversity to our beer range this week next week could well be a double (laughs) ac kind of a week time Uh, will tell time time will tell tell. well thank you for this my friend it's been a while it's always nice to catch up you know after a couple of weeks there's always a bit to catch up on you know this week's been a man what a smorgasbord of of vegetable chat, streaming, <laughs> babies, basketball, maybe one of our weirdest episodes in terms of variety of variety of, of content. Yeah. But yeah. Hey, I've had, I've had a blast. That's all I can say. Oh, I've had a blast. I always have a blast. I always have a blast. It's always nice to come back here and talk about I think that's just it, just the randomness of life mm. and life in general. It do be random. Um, it do be random. It do be random. But also just, you know, good to catch up in the sense of things are things are trucking along. They are. 2020 is, is moving. Um, and, you know, all we can do is, is just keep moving with it. Just keep swimming, everyone. Just, just keep swimming. keep swimming. And hey, all things being equal, uh, next time we record, I'm meant to be coming to Auckland in a week's time. So, you know. True. You know. 
I've just <laughs> remembered that and probably uh, probably need to make sure I arrange some accommodation. But we don't do that on <laughs> we don't do that on the air. <laughs> um, but yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully next time we record an episode, it will be in person, which we have not done for a while, and uh, we'll be celebrated with appropriate vigor and verve. Uh, but for now, for Matt and I, thank you as always for for trucking along with us. I know it's called the Weekly Brew, and we've been sliding into bi-weekly brews, but <laughs> semantics, semantics, semantics. Uh, we can rebrand as the sometimes weekly, sometimes less frequently than that brew if people really want. If you feel passionately about that, let us know. Let for us now, know. we plan on keeping it as the weekly brew. But from that and myself, thank you for sticking with us through the thick and thin. Uh, and all that is left to be said is we will see you next time. Peace. I'll be waiting for you to come around Hesitating with my feet stuck in the ground